Welcome to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast, where changing the world starts with changing the home, with your host, Meredith Curtis. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Finish Well Radio. I'm so excited that you're with us. Happy New Year, by the way. It's January 2020, and we're not only entering a new year, but a new decade, and that is so exciting. So today, we're going to talk about something that, wow, it just is the thing to talk about in January, and that's resolutions or goals that we make for ourselves. But I want to come at that from a little different perspective because, you see, if you're like me, I have made so many New Year's resolutions, and I sometimes wonder when I make them, will they stick? Because I've had success and I've had failures along the way of making those resolutions. I've made resolutions like, I will floss every day, or I will spend more time in the Word of God, or I think I'll try to add some unit study fun to our schoolwork, or I'm going to get a handle on my anger, or of course, the always ever-present, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Does every woman make that New Year's resolution? I don't know, but it seems like maybe we do. Anyway, some of my resolutions have become habits, though. Like, I'm happy to tell you that one of my New Year's resolutions years and years ago was to floss every day, and every night before I go to bed, I floss. So that resolution or goal became a habit and now it's just the way I live and when I don't floss I feel yucky like oh I didn't floss so that's just one example of a goal that has become a pattern in my life and that's what I want to talk about because when we think about resolutions We usually make resolutions about things that we really want to see in our life. We really want to be doing those things. We feel like they're the right thing to do, or maybe we really don't want to do those things, but we want the fruit that comes out of those things. Like maybe we really don't want to diet, but we do want to lose weight, so we're willing to pay the price to diet to lose weight. But why is it that sometimes resolutions work and sometimes they don't? Is it just all up to self-control? Like, do some things require more self-control than others? So sometimes you have self-control and it's enough and sometimes you don't? I have friends that are so self-controlled and I just so admire them because they are able to say, I'm going to go on a diet and not eat sugar. And I step aside and I think, how are they doing that? How do they have so much self-control? I just don't get it. And so if you're like me, I hope not, but I'm not the most self-controlled person and I always seem to need a miracle from God. (laughs) to make any changes in my life. I'm just being honest, you know, and for those of you who are really self-controlled, you're probably thinking, oh my goodness, but the truth is some of you are listening and you're going, yeah, that's me. I really struggle with self-control. So this is to all of you out there who struggle with self-control or maybe they're just goals that you have that there's not enough self-control in the whole world to make them happen. And I think a lot of times that does happen for a reason. 
And I believe that God wants us to live lives that are completely dependent on him. And he lets us hit walls. He lets us, like, make plans and goals and just, boom, we can't do it. And that way we have to come to him. We have to realize that we're dependent on him, that we need him. And so I look at my struggle with self-control as a blessing because I know when things change in my life, it's the hand of God. And that makes me grateful. And it reminds me that God is real. He is alive. So say you have a list of New Year's resolutions or goals. I want to take you from that list to a place where they become patterns in your life. So the first thing I do when I'm going through a list of goals is I ask, is God in this? You see, I have a million dreams in my head of who I want to be. I want to be fit and trim and brilliant and the perfect teacher and the perfect wife and the perfect mother and the perfect worship leader and never make a mistake and never say a negative word. But the truth is, wow, is that God's heart for me? Yes, I think it's his heart for me to be loving and for me to be what he's called me to be. But sometimes I think what we do is we look around at other people and we compare ourselves to other people and we think, oh, if only it could be a little better here, if only I could be a little better there. And we get sidetracked and we we just don't really understand that if we seek God and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to take care of my body? That's your temple. And how do you want me to teach the children that you have given me? And how do you want me to live my life? How do you want me to behave in my marriage? And so one of the things that I do to find God's will is I read the Bible. And I am convinced that 99.9% .9 of everything we need to know about how to live is in the Bible. Yes, there are decisions that we have to make. But if we even use biblical principles for those, it really eliminates a lot of our choices and gives us a clear direction of which way to go. So let me just give you an example with some of my resolutions. I learn in the Word of God that the bot, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if I'm going to take care of my body, I need to have healthy habits like flossing. I learn that I'm called to meditate on God's Word day and night. So, of course, having a goal of being in the Word more would be right. It would be a positive goal. And I learned from the Bible that I'm supposed to teach my children in a way that it's incisive and I don't exasperate them. So if I try to add fun to homeschooling so that they will enjoy learning more, then that is a positive thing. If I want to get rid of my anger, the Bible says the anger of man does not bring about the righteousness of God. And so anger is just a waste. My fleshly anger is a waste. That's not, there is a righteous anger, but believe me, I don't usually have righteous anger a lot. So now I know that these goals have a biblical foundation and I can have confidence that God will help me. And when I say that, I'm not saying like, say my goal is to lose weight. 
I can have a wrong motivation because I want to look good and I want people to think, wow, she's so beautiful. Or I can have a right motivation because my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit and I want to honor the Lord. So going to the Word helps kind of clarify and change what's in our heart. And I believe that what is in our heart about what our goals are is probably... Well, no, it is the most important thing because the Bible says that God does not look on the outward appearance, but he looks on the heart. And so if I'm going to make goals that become patterns in my life, not only do I want to have the right goals, but I want to have the right reasons for seeing them happen. You know, sometimes Christians even try to earn God's love with their goals. If I'm just a better person, God will love me more. God will bless me more. But the truth is, we are so loved. I mean, God can't love us more than he loves us. And he can't love us less. He loves us for whatever reason he chose to love us. And so we operate and try to grow and change and become what God's called us to be, not to earn his love, but because we're loved. And that's such a different reason, and it really makes everything feel very differently. So let's talk about those goals themselves. I um, said that one of my goals was to be in the Word more. And the problem with being in the Word more is how do you measure that? How do I know if I've achieved that goal? So instead of making my goal to be in the Word more, I want to make a measurable goal. And that's the next thing is that we want to make goals that are measurable. And so if I say I want to spend 15 minutes in the Word every day for the month of January and February and then try to build up in the next month, then that's a really measurable goal because I can look at the clock every day and see if I've been in the Word 15 minutes. Now, the thing with that is I don't... I want to be careful because I don't want you to come to the Word of God like, okay, clocking in, 15 minutes, I'm out of here. You know, I want you to come to the Word of God because it's your life, it's your food, God's teaching you, He's there. And so I just, I want to be careful with that in using that as an example. So I just have to say that before we go on because the Word of God is so unique, but one of the things I've learned is that when I, you know, when I start trying to build discipline in my life, like with reading the Bible or exercising, sometimes I go wholeheartedly like out there, like, you know, I'm going to start getting in shape, so I'm going to exercise. So I, I spend two hours exercising for three days and then I can't move for weeks. And so then I never get back to it. So with the Word of God, I want to be practical, but I also don't want to make it a task because reading the Word is relational. God is there. He's teaching us, and it's so, so exciting. Another example is I could say I want to get a handle on my anger. Well, what does that really mean? How do I measure that? How do I know that if I'm, if I'm able to do that? So instead, I may make some smaller goals that will help me with that. Like maybe I'll do a word study on anger, or maybe I'll memorize some scriptures about controlling my anger, or, you know, maybe I'll, I'll just say that my goal is to pray whenever I start to feel myself getting frustrated. So long before anger comes, I'm going to start teaching myself to, to press into God.
Let me give you one more example with homeschooling. When I was a young mom, I read this book on homeschooling by a lady named Valerie Bent. It was such a good book, and it got me so excited. But I was just so overwhelmed. I mean, this was the early 90s, and homeschooling was new, and we were already thought to be really out there and quirky and all that stuff. I just didn't know if I could take the plunge. So I made a goal for myself that every year I would do a Christmas unit study, and I did that for several years. And then I got the courage to start adding unit study learning to history. It changed my homeschooling. So that was just a way of instead of saying, okay, I'm going to do this thing that feels impossible to me, I just started with goals that were small. So we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we get back, we are going to talk about how to build the goals into habits once you have them and then what do you do about failure anyway we'll be right back hi i'm laura i had the privilege of meeting meredith curtis when my oldest boys were very young when they were in third and first grades and she recommended that i improve my homeschooling by reading classic literature i took the advice and was amazed at the results Later, as they approached high school and she offered to let us use her high school literature and writing classes, I jumped at the opportunity and was glad I did. Now, Powerline Productions has made those classes available to you. With titles like British Literature and Writing, which includes some of my favorite classic literature, American Literature and Research, where students learn how to write a research paper, and the perennial favorite, Who Done It? Murder Mystery Literature and Writing Class, where students actually learn the art of writing their own murder mystery, and more. There's plenty to choose from. For more information, visit powerlineprod.com. That's P O W E R L I N E P R O D. Com. Powerline Productions, being world changers, raising world changers. You've been listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. Now back to your host, Meredith Curtis. Welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here. We have talked about making goals measurable. We've talked about seeking the Lord and getting a biblical foundation for our goals. And now we're going to talk about building habits. Once you make a measurable goal, I have to realize this. God is for me. He's not against me. He will help me and strengthen me if I draw strength from him, if I seek him, if I pray, if I ask him. So often we talk about wanting to put the Lord first in our life, but then when we're trying to make changes in our life, we don't even pray. We don't even ask him to help us. We just go out in our own strength. And I told you, sometimes I'm glad that I don't have any natural self-control because it forces me to really press into the Lord. So when we're going to build a habit, the first thing we do is ask the Lord to help us and set a start date. Like, is it really realistic to start your healthy diet eating on Christmas Eve? Maybe, maybe that will really be a good time to start. But maybe you should wait until the day after Christmas or even the day after New Year's. So you start out and say my goal is 
to spend 15 minutes in the Word, I may have to set my alarm and get up 15 minutes earlier because maybe I don't have enough time in getting ready in the morning to spend time in the Word. Or maybe it's going to bed a little earlier so I can read the Word of God at night. If you're like me, in the early weeks of learning a new habit, you will probably have more failure than success. And that's okay. Because if you're trying and failing, that's better than not trying at all. One thing I would just say to you is don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. And that's what I do. I really blow it a lot. And I just say, well, I refuse to give up. Okay, maybe I ate that piece of cake and I wasn't supposed to, but I'm not going to give up. Now, let me tell you sometimes what we can do. And I've done this a lot with dieting. Say I decide I'm going to eat a certain way. I'm going to eat more vegetables, eat less sugar, and then I end up having a piece of candy. And so I say to myself, oh, my whole diet is blown. And then I just go eat every single thing in sight. And then when I start back on my diet, I've gained one or two more pounds because of that. So if you blow it, just get jump right back in. So if you're trying to eat healthy and you eat a piece of candy, you ate a piece of candy, but you only ate one. And you can just go right back to the healthy eating. And if you're trying to read the Word of God and you miss two days, okay, you miss two days. Get right back up and the next day go right back to it. If you decide, I'm going to do some hands-on learning activities with my children, and you pick this activity, and it's ridiculously involved, and it's so stressful, you hate it, the kids hate it, so you just say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, before you give up the towel, why don't you just say, I'm going to do something really simple. And one thing I really recommend in achieving goals is to start simple, like if you're going from someone who hates vegetables to healthy eating, your goal might be this week I'm going to eat five carrots. Or maybe I'm going to eat five carrots and two pieces of fruit. Now, I know that sounds so little, but when you make goals for yourself that are small and you achieve them, you feel so much more encouraged. And it's much easier because what we're looking for when we make goals isn't to do something for a month or two months or six months. It's to make a permanent change in your life. You have to be realistic. Is this a permanent change that I want? Or am I just feeling like I want to meet other people's expectations? Now, again, what does God say? Because maybe God cares more that you spend more time talking to your children than he does that you lose 20 pounds. And maybe that's more important to him. And so maybe your priorities aren't matching up to the Lord's. And that's why I really say, seek God in prayer, read his word, and make your goals birthed of time with him. Because sometimes we don't see everything that's going on in our lives. And sometimes things need attention that we don't realize need attention. But we're just so focused on this new thing we're going to do. And so we just give ourselves fully to that. 
Once you get over the hump of a lot of failure, you start moving into a time of success. And you're seeing, yeah, I'm reading the word every day. This is happening. And yeah, okay, I blew it a few times last month, but it was just a few times. I'm really moving into this pattern of success. Well, what happens is after a long time of that, you have a habit in your life. And as years go by, you see it's a pattern of living in your life. And I know one thing I love is how Charlotte Mason talks about instilling habits and patterns in our children. We all have habits and patterns in our life. We might have habits or even patterns of watching TV when we get home from school or work or when we finish a day of homeschooling. We might have habits and patterns of eating dessert after lunch and after dinner or eating while we watch TV. We might have patterns and habits of not reading the word, patterns and habits just giving full vent to our anger. And so we have these patterns and habits that are negative, but the Bible tells us in First Peter that God rescued us from this empty way of life. And he calls it these empty traditions from our forefathers that were passed down. And so if you have some traditions and patterns of living like overeating or being angry or not being faithful with getting up or not being faithful with grading your kids' schoolwork or whatever, whatever habits have formed in your life, you know, don't you, that Jesus can change you. It is not impossible. And don't allow yourself to be negative and think you can't change. Because the Bible says, with God, all things are possible. And it also says, with God, nothing is impossible. So nothing is impossible. All things are possible. That means that God can help you and God can change you. And when our children and our husbands or our wives see us change, they begin to want to change too. So I really encourage you to persevere. Take those goals to the Lord and ask him to help you and ask him to change you and ask him to replace bad habits with good habits because eventually those patterns in your life that you hate, they can be replaced with godly habits that you love. And you sit back and say, wow, you know, I don't even think about flossing my teeth anymore. Or I don't even think about as soon as something happens, I just, instead of getting angry, I pray, Lord, please help me to respond in a gracious way. Wow, that's so exciting. I can't believe I'm like that now because I used to be such an angry person. Or I used to be always complaining, but now my first thought is to thank God. Or I used to have a really strained relationship with my child, but now we've become really close. And so I just want to encourage you so much in this next year. Don't give up. Persevere. Give those goals to the Lord. Surrender them to Him. And you just watch. You will see your goals become habits, and you will see those habits become patterns of living. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful year ahead. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Finish Well Homeschooling Podcast with Meredith Curtis and the Finish Well team. Please listen in every first and third Monday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern Time here at the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. 